welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. The principles that govern kingdom prosperity. We, are, we all understand that God is a God of fruitfulness. And God wants us all to be fruitful. As Christians, God desires you to be fruitful. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I called you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you in John chapter 15, 16. I chose you that you may bear fruits and that your fruits will remain. Hallelujah. And, and it says that, and that you will bear much fruits. So it's necessary, Paul said to the Colossian church that for you, I'm praying for you, that you will be filled with all knowledge or wisdom and understanding in the knowledge of God, that you will be fruitful. You'll be fruitful unto godliness. So fruitfulness is a requirement for every Christian. Not only spiritual fruitfulness, but fruitfulness in every area of our lives. Starting from fruitful, spiritual fruitfulness and fruitfulness as a believer, in other words, winning other people to Jesus Christ. It is a necessary requirement for every Christian. Then it goes on to manifest in every area of our lives because he said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And so that being born again, is a, you start when you are born again, a journey is started, a journey unto life being better. People looking at you and they can actually see how God has meant or how God meant life to be. When you become born again, you have been introduced into the arena or the realm of better life. Say better life. So people look at you, they, will have, they must have, after observing for a while, they must have an understanding or a better understanding or at least an aspect of what it means to have life and have it more abundantly. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. And, and prosperity is necessary. I explained that prosper, kingdom prosperity is not about what you get or getting material possession. That is part of it, but that's not just all of it. All right. Prosperity Bible says that the blessings of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. Right? So prosperity has to do with your soul, spirit, and body. All the three, three dimensions of your tripartite being must experience prosperity. He said, beloved, I wish above all things that you will be in good health and uh, that, that you, you'll be in good and pro- even as your soul and prosper, even as your soul prospers. Okay, he said uh, that you will prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So God desires us to be prosperous. We also underscored the fact last, last Sunday that, that in, according to some... 35 verse 27, Bible makes us to understand that God takes delight in the prosperity of his servants. Hallelujah. He takes pleasure. When God sees you prospering, he's pleased. He's pleased. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, so that's what we are. And then, so we went on to the keys that govern kingdom prosperity. We spoke about love. Say love. Love for God is a necessary requirement for the best of God. I has not seen no ear head, neither has it entered the heart of man. What God has prepared for those who love him. All right. So those who love him, God's best is reserved for those who love him. And then we went on to speak about the covenant practice of tithing. I said a lot about that. 
And many people think, many people purport that tithing is Old Testament. You can say tithing is Old Testament legal requirement. So long as legal, legal requirements are concerned, if you tell me tithing is Old Testament, then I would agree with you. But Abraham, there's nowhere in the scriptures where Melchizedek said, Abraham, you have to give. You have to give. If you don't give, I will curse you. No, uh, uh, the Melchizedekan priesthood does not have curse. It only issues out blessing. But it issues out blessing when certain requirements have been fulfilled or have been met. Okay, so the Melchizedek priesthood, tithing comes, okay, tithing is not an Old Testament thing. Tithing is a divine priesthood order. According to Hebrews, the scripture says that um, every priest is appointed, is taken from among the people, and is appointed unto the people to offer sacrifices and gifts pertaining spiritual things. So if you are a priest, for instance, if you are a police officer, then as soon as you tell someone you are a police officer, there are certain requirements the person psychologically will be expecting of you. Right, he would expect you to behave in some ways, and you know, when there's lack of order, there's no law, police officer must be able to put in. So, so when you say you're a police officer, actually, in the nation, what do you do? I'm a police officer, everybody knows what you should do. Kind of, they expect they have some expectation in the same way. When you tell someone is a priest, there's an expectation a priest is supposed to offer sacrifices unto God, all right? That, that's priest, but God's priesthood, watch this, God's priesthood requires tithing. So when he introduced priesthood as a, a legal thing in order to effectively, effectively deal with the people, he said, I can't have priesthood without tithing. So part of that legal priesthood, which is a temporal priesthood, which is a priesthood that is a shadow of the original priesthood, which enters only into the, the, the temporal tabernacle with Blood of animal. It's not authentic priesthood. Right. In that sense, it's, it's not complete. It's not impeccable. The, the priesthood was faulty because even the priest was sinful. So the priest has to offer sacrifices on his behalf first. He has to get his oxygen max. Then when he finishes it. So can you imagine your priest enters and he doesn't come because he's sinful? That means that he, he, the whole nation is under, in trouble. Because our priest couldn't come out. Our, our priest didn't sort himself before going out. But, but so that, that, that priesthood is called the Levitical priesthood, which I explained already. The Levitical priesthood is good because God instituted it. It's good for that time, but it wasn't really perfect. Right. But the point here is that when God put that priesthood, that priesthood was instituted, watch this, under the law. But God is not dealing with us based on law. He's dealing with us based on I can't hear, based on, someone shout, based on, so God does not deal with us based on law, but he deals with us based on grace, all right, but I found out that the law required priests, but interestingly, grace also requires priests, and so what is the job of the priest under the law, and what is the job of the priest under grace? The priesthood job under the law, we find that they offer sacrifices, basically sacrifices for atonement, go into the holies of holies and mediates between sinful men and God or the people of God and God. So, so that's the basic function. 
all right? And then they make sure that people are following the stipulations of the law or the stipulations of God's covenant dealing with them. Now, the law was given. It's a form of a covenant, all right? Let me explain it. The law came under the covenant of Moses. So God says that as long as you do A, B, C, D, I'm going to also make sure that. So anytime they turn their backs against God, they, they break the law and God gave them into activity. So check all the, sto- the story of the Israelites. Anytime they went into captivity, it's because they've sinned. Particularly when you, re- when you read the story of Judges. When you read the book of Judges, Judges is replete with they sinned against God. God gave them up. The enemies attacked them. They cried and turned in their sins. They cried unto God and asked for forgiveness. And God responded, deliver them. Who told you God doesn't forgive sins and do something about your situation? So if you are suffering something, you are going through something, and you know that you sinned against God, that's why you are suffering. When you call on the name of God, he forgives, and he will turn your captivity around. He said, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, turn from their wickedness and call, he said, I will heal. He will do something as long as you ask for forgiveness. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, and so he put in this system so that they can be dealing with him. And so when he brought them, uh, he, he brought them from Egypt, he gave them a legal system, like under the covenant, so that if you break the law, watch this. In, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, from verse 1 to 3, he actually stipulated it very clearly. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 to 3. He said, if you hearken to my voice, okay, now it shall come to pass. If you diligently, if you diligently do what? Obey. Obey. Obey my voice, okay? Obey the voice of the Lord and observe carefully to do all his commandments. There are commandments, all right? Do the commandments which I have commanded today. The Lord your God will set you up above all nations on this earth. Go to the next verse. And he said, and all these blessings shall come upon you. So the blessings were functions, uh, they were a function of the obedience to the laws of a commandment. So as long as you don't obey, but go to the, the verse, verse 3. Go, go to the bestie. Then it goes on to say, blessed shall you be, blessed. Then he finished talking about the blessing. And then the verse 15, 16, 17, 18 there, it talks about, but if you do not obey my, my, my commandment and you go away, he said, this case is, see, but it shall come to pass. If you do not obey my commandment to observe, to do, uh, to observe carefully all, to, uh, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes which I command you today, that all these cases will do all, will come upon you. All right. And then everyone, every Gentile, you don't even need a commandment to obey. The fact that you are a Gentile, you are a commandment breaker. So you are, you are naturally under a curse. So as for us, there was no hope for us. It is only the people, of, the children of Abraham, he had a covenant with. So he's talking, you guys, you have to obey this. As long as you obey it, I'm going to be a God to you, and I'm going to make sure you are okay. As soon as, as long as you disobey it, I'm, you are going to be vulnerable to the enemy's attacks, and you begin to suffer what ordinary people suffer. You suffer what the Gentiles suffer. So if you are Gentile, you are doomed to suffering. Gentiles are bound to, that's why Jews don't even go into the house of Gentiles. So when Peter was sent, he said, I can't go there. Because against the law, if I go there, that means that me too, I'm saying that let me suffer like Gentiles suffer. So Bible says that we are by wrath, sorry, by nature, children of wrath. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 somewhere. He said, you were by nature children of wrath. Talking about Gentiles. You, by nature, you don't have to do anything. You are cursed. Now does it make sense when Bible says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us. Because it said, curse is anyone who hung on the tree. That the, Galatians chapter 3 verse 14. That, that, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, the Gentiles. You see that? That it might receive, we might receive the promise of faith. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon who? Who? So we the Gentile, we are not qualified. We are not part of it. Get away. You are a Gentile. 
is it? Knock, knock, knock. Who is there? A gentile. Hey, get out of there. Knock, knock, knock. Who is that? A Jew. Jew, have you obeyed the commandments? Yes. Come in, come in quickly. Come in, come in. Jew, have you obeyed the commandment? No, I've broken some. Ha, go for repentance. Go, go. So Gentiles didn't have hope. Bible says we were without hope. Without, without. It's in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, verse 12. Look at it. Without hope, without God. Strangers of the covenant. Watch this. Therefore, remember that you, who? Who? You Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by, by what is called circumcision made by, by with the, uh, made with flesh. So that at that time you were without Christ, being alien from what the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in this world. If you are Gentile, no hope. That's why we have to be thankful to Jesus. So, hey, that's why we ask for us. Jesus is the center of it all. Christ alone makes sense to us. Is that what they're getting? And so how do you connect that tithe to that? Now that we are no more Gentiles, they, see, God gave the Israelites these commandments. You obey it, you get a blessing. And part of it, he said, if you break the, if you don't pay tithe, you are cursed squared. Square, not square root, square. Square. You know where square is? Yes, square. So it says, because it says in, in Malachi chapter, chapter 3, verse 10, it said, you are Cursed with a curse. This is you are cursed. You are what is you've been cursed with is a curse. Some people can be cursed with sickness. Some people can be cursed with failure. Some people can be cursed with trouble. Some people can be cursed with marital issues. Some people can be cursed with not having a child. But this is why I said you are cursed not with a curse. Hey, is it serious? Oh, what have I done wrong? You didn't pay your tithe. You a Jew. As for Gentiles, we. Even curse, I can say it's better for us. We, 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 there's no hope. Right. So Gentiles will, but you, if you don't pay your tithe, you are cursed with a curse because you are robbing from God as a Jew. And so does it make sense when people say this in the Old Testament? Because all that covenant, the promises, the instructions were given to them. All right. So how does tithe connect to us, affect us then? We, we, we give tithe because priesthoods require tithe. Now, the Old Testament had priesthood. And there's no priesthood so long as God is concerned. Look, check the Bible. There's no priesthood without tithing. But their kind of priesthood, the tithing was enshrined in the law. So it made it a whole law, legal system. But the priesthood presided over the legal system, including the tithe. But, ooh, you can choose not to do some things. It's fine, or if you want something. But when it comes to it, Giving of tithe, it goes directly to the priest because under God's priesthood system, what, one of the things the priests do is priests issue blessings. So when the tithe comes, then they issue the blessings. So priests, priests were dealing directly with the tithing. That's why people say that, no, but it's under the Old Testament because they are taught Levitical priesthood. What they failed to realize is that Melchizedekan priesthood was also a tithe-receiving priesthood. So there, mortal men receive it. But now, where we are in our system, Leviticus, the Melchizedekian priesthood, the Melchizedek, Melchizedek himself received the priesthood, uh, received the tithe, and guess what? He himself issues the blessing. So you check in Hebrew, you check from Hebrews. It, Hebrews tells us that we are under another priest, which is that our priesthood is Jesus is our high priest, and he's after the order of Melchizedek, and he made it clear that Melchizedek received tithe from Abraham, and we are the sons of Abraham. Jesus said, if you are the sons of Abraham, you will do the works of Abraham. 
So, I don't understand. It's religious mindset that begins to say that it's, it's law, it's law. Either that or greed. Greed, 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 greed. G-R-E-D, greed. This one, this greed is spelled with four E's. <laughs> and they have zero and O at the back. Greed, oh, greed. <laughs> so, tithe is not Old Testament. Tithe is divine priesthood. It's covenant that goes with the priesthood. Does that make sense now? So, if you are born again and you're a believer, then you should, okay, if you don't tithe, are you cursed? You are not. Because under the law, you are cursed. But under grace, grace does not have curse. Just that you block the smooth flow of the blessing. (laughs) You block it. You are not cursed. But even life itself is, 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 is kind of a mini curse in, his, in itself. Did you understand? So by plugging into grace, you begin to enjoy because it says that my grace is sufficient for you and my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So when things are bad, it says come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, the problem is if you block the flow of the blessing, then when, you are, when it's in time of need, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You've, cut, you've disconnected all your phones. So there's no means of communication. When uh, SOS is trying to help you, and we can't, you purposely switch off. We can't help you in spite of all our, you know, things that we can use to help you. So in the same way, if you're a believer and you don't work under tithing principles, you block the flow of grace or the flow of the blessing because the, uh, Abraham, Abraham received the blessing as he gave the tithing. Abraham, Abraham, our father. So let's look at what he did. Let's do what he does. Or let's do what he did. Does that make sense? So you are not cursed. You are not cursed. People say, when you don't give tithe, you are cursed. Because he said the curse of the law, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So once it's law and you don't do it, you are cursed. That's where all Gentiles were. But now Christ has redeemed us. So we don't have problem with the curse. But in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says that. Um, blessed be God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. All what? Spiritual all what? Spiritual Following the covenant is what makes movies from the spiritual realm. Converts it from spiritual blessing to physical. It's like you have a lot of checks. They've given you a check, check a lot of checks. Someone, Pastor Charles has given you, Pastor Philip has given you check. Some, one of them is 1,500, but you don't have an account. Five, and they've written everything. And everyone has blessed you. It's your birthday. We've given you so. You had about 20 checks, but you don't have an account. Or like some people, you have an account, but the account, anything that enters, the account is very thirsty. You're going to give somebody a check. Hey, don't put the right one in I will show you where to put it. So, so the point I'm making is that you may have the checks, but until you have an account, you'll be able to, until you have an account to pay it in, it will just remain paper and you still work in luck. So he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. But until that, those spiritual blessings, we operate by the principle for the spiritual blessings now to manifest physically. You can be a Christian praying tongues, 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 and nothing, and nothing. I mean, nothing is manifesting. And people look at you, can you imagine? Listen, may this never happen to you. Where unbelievers, they look at you and they are sorry. They look at you and the way things are not going well for you. You're struggling. Everything, sometimes they see you from afar and say, oh, God too should have mercy on this boy. Ah, 
don't you go to church? Eh, at least, your, your pastor don't need to do deliverance. They look at you, they can tell things are not working. They feel sorry for you. Ah! No, no, no. Somebody say, no way. no way. Unbelievers look at you and they say, wow, what church you attend? I need to follow you. I need to follow you. There's something on your life. It's working, it's working, it's working. I need to follow you. See what I'm saying? That's how it should be. So he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, but we have to get it down. We have to walk in the physical reality of it because the bless, the blessing of the Lord, Lord. it makes us rich. How come you are blessed with all spiritual blessings and you are making, something is making, make it you poor. <laughs> poor and full of sorrows. Say covenant prosperity. So tithing is important. Now the, the, the third point I need to make this. Third point, obedience. 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 Thank you, Jesus. In Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, from verse 1, now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land which I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I'll bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 4. So Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken. How did he depart? As the Lord. God said do. He did it the way God said do it. That's called obedience. Somebody say obedience. obedience. Kingdom obedience. God gave instruction. He followed it. He heard God. He followed it. He followed God through. He did exactly what God said he should do. And verse chapter 13 of Genesis, verse 1, then Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him to the south. And Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold, and he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel, to the place where... Now, so Abraham became rich. He, because he obeyed God, God said let he obeyed God, you could tell that there was an impact on his life. He was a rich man. We are talking about principle that govern covenant prosperity. All right? When you check from scriptures, when people obey God, God blesses them, and no one enjoys divine wealth divine uh, uh, prosperity from God, kingdom prosperity, without the question of obedience being put right or the issue of obedience. There must always be obedience. Some of us, God is giving you, is telling you something, giving you instruction, and sometimes it looks like, oh God, this is too much, this is too hard. You don't know. That is the route to your wealthy place. That's your route to your, the route to your next supply. All right? So Abraham obeyed. God told, look at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7. Hebrews, Hebrews 11, 7. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, though I be, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved, seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an act for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. 
Abraham, where are you going? I don't know. But why do you have to go? God said I should go. Are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. No, that doesn't sound intelligent. That doesn't sound wise. Why do you have to? I know God wants me to do it. God told me to go, so I'm going. And you don't know where you are going. I don't know. Abraham, an adult. Hallelujah. So, Bible says that by faith, he, he, he obeyed. Abraham obeyed. No wonder we saw the, the result of his obedience, the divine obedience. And remember, I, let, let me point it out to you again because this text is so important. And then I'll come to Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. Powerful. And if you, are, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So if you are Christ, that means that if you are a Christian and you are in Christ alone, all right, like the, we, we are Gentiles, but now we are in Christ. Hello? All right. We were Gentiles, doomed in our entire life. And then we, but now we are in Christ. And it says, if you are in Christ, then... You are Abraham's seed, and not just the seed, but you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So there's promise hanging over your head. There's promise over your life. God has promised that this one I will do with it. In fact, all the angels know that any, every angel, any angel who will rise to your defense and make sure you are okay, there is, the way they said someone is wanted, you too, there's promise on you that angels should guard you. Once they do it, they are blessed. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But you are heir of the promise. The promise of God is over your life. God watches over you. That's why you don't want, you don't have to walk around feeling sorry for yourself. There should be, never should there be any circumstance, any condition that should make you feel sorry for yourself. When there is a promise over your life, promise of almighty God over your life. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. So he said, if you are if you are in Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Hallelujah. Amen. Is anyone in Christ? Yes. That means that you are Abraham's seed. In Galatians chapter 2 verse 9. Let's look at chapter 2 verse 9. Thank you, Jesus. Sorry, chapter 3 verse 9. Galatians chapter 3 verse 9. Sorry about that. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Okay? So those of us who are of faith, we are blessed with believing Abraham. And I quoted earlier on. It says that Christ died, that the, that the blessing of Abraham will come upon us, the Gentiles. Verse 14. Okay, so we are blessed. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. We are definitely blessed. We are blessed with Abraham. But I discovered that there are things we do to make the blessing manifest physically. And in, in John chapter 8, verse 39, Jesus said, if you are Abraham's seed, you will do the works of, if you are Abraham's children, you will do the works of Abraham. Not the belief of Abraham. The works, say works. works. That's very important. All right. Abraham was blessed by the covenant. God gave him the promise. How many of us have promise? Have the promise, yeah. We are heirs of the promise, Abraham. So everything that God from, oh, thank you, Jesus. this is a good one. Everything that issued out from God towards Abraham, we have it. We have it. The blessedness of fruitfulness, the blessedness of um, empowerment, the blessedness of financial prosperity, the, blessed, the blessedness of everything we find, we find our hands find to do will pro- prosper. It does, we do well. The blessedness of good health, the blessedness of our family life. Our children are supposed to do well. They will, see, the, even Ishmael, who wasn't a proper full child, was prosperous. 
the blessedness of Abraham. So watch this. Every blessing that God gave to Abraham, we, as long as we are born again, we are, we are introduced into it. But guess what? Abraham had the blessing. And so the blessing, of, the blessing of God was upon Abraham. And we also have that same blessing. Say the same. The same. Say same. same. That's a serious one. Same. But then why are we not seeing what Abraham saw in his life? Because most of us, as, even though we are sons of Abraham, we are not doing the works of Abraham. So Abraham's blessing came from God. He did some things to make the blessing manifest. So if you are sons of Abraham, you also have to do the works of Abraham. Say works. Ah, but we are saved by grace, not works. <laughs> but what, that, that same scripture, that same, those who are Christians, okay, that same scripture which says that we are saved by grace through faith and not of your works. That same scripture, two verses downwards, it said we have been saved unto works. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. It said saved, we, are, we have been saved, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So when you are saved, you do works. If anyone who is saved must work. Then as soon as you are saved, some things, some works of righteousness, some works of faith must issue out of your life. When I was doing my Bible reading, I came, I was, I came across this text which blessed me, jumped out of the page onto me again. James chapter 2, from, I was reading from verse 14, where from verse 21, James chapter 2 from verse 21, it's a very interesting text where it talks about faith and works. James chapter 2 said that, was not Abraham our father justified by works? Ah, hey, did you see that? So Jesus said, do the works of Abraham. Was not, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his only son? And check, when he was offering Isaac, God said, because you have done this and obeyed my voice. Obedience. Obedience. When it comes to obedience, it's work-based. Obedience. Do something. Let God catch you doing something. Don't say that, oh, faith. Is, my heart is full of faith. My heart is full of faith. Oh, hey, me. You don't know. I, 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 I like that. I, I, I believe. Oh, hey, I believe. I believe seriously. Hey, my heart is full of faith. Stop telling us. Show us the works. Do something. Because he said, Abraham's faith. Go to the next verse, verse 22 of James chapter, chapter 2. He says that, don't you see faith was working together with his works? Or do you see that faith was working together with his work? And by works, faith was made perfect. So, so your obedience is what makes us know that you really are a, man, a woman of faith or a man of faith. Your obedience. Even though you feel like, yeah, no one will marry me if I leave this boy. Yeah, but I know I'm supposed to leave it. I know God is telling me to leave it. Okay, your obedience will let us know that you really walk by faith. Even though there's no one, you, you don't think anyone will be interested. Because for 25 years, no one has shown interest. All of a sudden, this, this um, Ishmael has come. And you are falling so bad for Ishmael. And all of a sudden, he received a prophetic word that this is an Ishmael. Let him go. He said, oh, oh God, convert him to an Isaac. Oh God, with you, all things are possible. <laughs> There's nothing God cannot do. There's nothing too hard for God. God can, he's able. <laughs> and God should convert the uh, Ishmael into an Isaac. See, your ability to walk away from something you love or you, 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 you desire, walk away from it. In divine obedience to protect what you love is a sign of a champion. Say obedience. When you walk with God and you want covenant prosperity, Jesus said, My burden is easy, my yoke is light. <laughs> and my yoke is easy, my burden is light. <laughs> but the point I'm making here is that obedience will, oh, Jesus, obedience will secure you a place in covenant prosperity. 
I've never seen someone walk with God in obedience and that person being uh, uh, suffered loss. Let me show you the last scripture on obedience, then we'll move on to the next one. Job chapter 22. Are ready for this? Before we go to Job, we can take it. let's go to Isaiah. It's not part of it, but let me just, let, let, you need to see this. It's a common scripture, but sometimes it's good to see some of these scriptures so that it can stay in your scriptural repertoire. Isaiah chapter 19, sorry, chapter 1 verse 19, it says that if you are willing and obedient, you shall, let's already from the screen, it will be better. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, are you ready? Okay, let's already Allah, let's go. Please, we are talking about obedience, so why don't we all do it obediently? Some people decide not to do it because they are afraid. Okay, is, is there an obedient person in the house? All right, let's all read it. Let's read it out loud. Let's go. Willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. When do you eat the good of the land? Your willingness and your obedience qualifies you to have the best of the land. I see the best job coming to someone. I see the best job coming to someone. I see the best house reserved for someone. I see the best man, not wedding best man, you know. You know what I mean? The best of the women, the best of the men I see coming to you for marriage in the name of Jesus. I see your children having the best in school. Your children having the best of schools. Admission to the best of schools. He said, if you are, some of you, you you have to practice this. Say, God, I'm willing and I'm obedient. And because of the grace, based on this word, I decree my child will have access, admission to the best school. Because he said, we shall I eat the good of the land. Because of my willingness and my obedience, Father, I, I, I decree that this is happening. This is happening. Decree about your job. When you're going for an interview, when you see a job, when you're looking for a job to apply, begin to confess these things that God, your wife says, if I'm willing and obedient, I will eat the good of the land. I decree that where the good job is, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. That's how you work in it. And you see it manifesting in your life. Say amen. amen. Okay, in, in, in Job chapter 22, verse 21, such a profound text. This one is serious. I think we should all read it from the screen. Are you ready? Let's go. Now, acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. Thereby, good will come to you. Okay? So, that, so acquaint yourself with him. Him is God. Capitalize. You see? Him with God. Acquaint yourself. Keep coming to church. Keep coming to church. Acquaint yourself. When people don't go to church, I don't know what is wrong with them. I don't know what's wrong with people who don't go to church. Especially the species that call themselves Christians. They don't go to church. You go to church once in a while. No, he said, acquaint yourself. And they don't read your Bible. You come to church, you don't read your Bible. He said, acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. Thereby, good will come to you. So, good coming to you is not based on how loud you shout, even though that has to do with connecting. But good coming to you has other factors. Acquainting yourself with him. Tell someone, acquaint yourself with God. The verse 22 is, 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 is the text. Verse 22. Receive, please, instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. Did you see that? Receive instructions from where? His mouth. And lay up. Give me King James. Give me the King James. Receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth and lay, lay, lay up his words in your heart. Go to the next verse. Go to the next verse. If thou return to the Almighty and thou shalt Sorry, thou shalt be built up. Thou shalt put away iniquity far from your tabernacles. Verse 24. Then then thou shalt lay up gold as what? This is serious. 
receive, his, receive instructions from his mouth. Acquaint yourself with him. Once this is, uh, these, are all, uh, uh, these are all reflections of obedience. And I said, then you shall lay up gold as dust and the gold of offer as the stones of the books. Gold. That is, this connotes wealth. So obedience entitles you to, the king, to kingdom wealth. Obedience. Let's all say obedience. obedience. The next point quickly, because I want to, I want to uh, uh, wrap up on this. The next point is faith. Faith work. So first one is um, love for God. Number two, a covenant principle of a covenant principle of tithing. Okay, a covenant practice of tithing. Number three is obedience or kingdom obedience. Number four is faith walk. I wanted to mention the faith walk before I go to the obedience, but that's fine. Faith walk, faith walk. By faith Abraham obeyed. By faith, by faith. Now the key point I want to establish here is that. Bible says in Psalm 35, verse 27, what does it say? This is a text you should always remember based on this teaching. Psalm 35, 27 talks about God takes pleasure. He has pleasure in the prosperity. Say pleasure. pleasure. Say pleasure. pleasure. That, that, so what does that mean? God is pleased when you are prospering. Your prosperity pleases him. But we find now in Hebrews chapter, six, verse, chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith, you can't please him. Your prosperity pleases God, okay? And then, but without faith, you can't please God. The pleasure of God has to do with your prosperity. The pleasure of God has to do with your faith. So you can tell that faith and prosperity go hand in hand. Does that make sense? Because it takes your faith to please God. It takes your prosperity to please God. When you are prospering, God is pleased. God cannot be pleased without faith. That means that you can't prosper without faith. Does that make sense? Because your prosperity brings God pleasure. And we all know that without faith, God can't have pleasure in you. So then prosperity cannot really take place without faith. Faith and prosperity go hand in hand. I'm talking about kingdom prosperity. Faith. And prosperity. So God, as long as God is concerned and your life is concerned, he needs to see, when he sees you prospering, he's, he's pleased. When he sees faith in your life, he's pleased. And the faith in your, that faith, Bible says, I like the way Bible says, Pastor Frank, you know the way, I like the way Bible says this. It says that God takes delight, so he's pleased when you are prospering. Okay? So this, this someone is prospering. Okay, so you go, keep moving, let him follow you. Just in front here. Move, move a bit fast like someone who is prospering. Now, <laughs> so when you are prospering, God is pleased. But then Hebrews, you can just stay there for a minute. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, I like the way. It says that without faith, you can't prosper. He didn't get it. He said, without faith, this one, you're busy going around prospering, can't happen. Because th- when you are prospering, then God is pleased. But it says, without faith, God cannot be pleased. That, that you understand? So without faith, this can't happen. You can't, you can't be prospering. Because your prospering pleases God. But we understand that for God to be pleased, the foundation of God's pleasure is faith. So how come you want to prosper and you are not operating by faith? Yeah, that, that, does that make sense? I see someone, I see someone prospering. It's our hour of prosperity. Tell someone, look at me well. Tell the person, take a look at me properly. I am on my way to my wealthy place. 
I am prospering. Tell the person, I began to prosper. And I'm going to continue to prosper till I become very prosperous. Just take a look at, at me. Just look at the prosperous person. Have you seen a prosperous person before? Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I am on my way to my wealthy place. Shout hallelujah. Yes, clap for the Lord. Let me give you this last two quickly. I'll try and wrap it up in five minutes. This last two. So, love. Okay. Principles for kingdom prosperity. Love. Uh-huh. Covenant practice of tithing. Kingdom obedience. Faith walk. And the next one is generosity. Generosity or liberality. Generosity. Some people are strangely stingy. <laughs> strangely stingy. When you see people complaining, ah, why is it that they take money in church? Why is it they take money in church? Where, where do you go? Supermarket, what do they take? <laughs> if you are born again, there is grace for generosity on your life. Don't say, me naturally, I don't joke with my things. As long as you are born again, there is grace on your life. There is a giving grace, grace for giving. When you are born again, you look like your father in heaven. God is a giver. Hallelujah. If you have problems with giving, there are people here who, when we come to church, they say, let's give. They don't give. They think they are smart. No, no, no. God has never gone broke, but you. We are trying to pull you out of brokenness. We are trying to pull you. And you say, please, let me stay there. The things you did that kept you broke is what we are trying to get you to get over. Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, we are all going to read it from the screen. Such a nice scripture. Proverbs eleven twenty-five. Okay, are you ready to read it out? Are you ready? All right, shall we please? Let's all read it out loud. Let's go. One more time. Louder. The general soul will be made rich, and he who waters will be watered himself. Did you see that? Who will be made rich? Generosity will put you on the highway of wealth. Generous soul. Now, when we talk about generosity, we are not talking about just giving in church. We are not talking about just giving in church. We are talking about, God told Abraham, I will, I will bless you and you shall be, Genesis chapter 12 verse 2, I will bless you and you shall be a blessing. Start practicing it. <laughs> I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make, you a, make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Start practicing it. If no one can claim that you, see, some people here, no one can say that they, are, they were held because of you. No one can say, I have been helped because of this person. No one can point to you that you, you have been a great help to them. Oh, that's not good. That's not good. That's not good. You, you, you should be, not. I like the way Bishop Yedebu puts it. Don't desire to be a consumer. Be a distributor. People who distribute get attention of heaven. So God increased their supply so they can keep distributing. Yeah. The, there's a Nigerian adage which says that the, the hand that gives always stays up. Because there must always be a supply, so must stay up to give. Mm-hmm. Haven't you realized people who don't, uh, are always 
asking for money, asking, help me, help me, help me, help me. They keep doing that. No, check the nations. The, the, the aid receiving nations always keep receiving aid and are not in the position to give aid. Why? But they've been receiving. How come the ones who give aid keep having been in the position to give aid? Don't say because they are wealthy nations. No, it's their practice. It's their practice. I grew up in Ghana. By God's grace, now people are, are changing because of the impact of the churches. And so there are a few charities. Where I grew up, there was no charity. Oh, charity for what? Charity for what? <laughs> charity. People are suffering. Everyone must fight for himself. I don't care. Hey! In Africa, we don't, we don't do charity. We do receiving. Give me tea. Give me tea. Give me tea. We always believe in someone must give me something. Someone must give me something. Someone must give me. Am I, am I, am I talking to someone? Even, yes, even NGOs. When they set NGOs, NGO is not to help people. NGO is to prosper yourself so that you can be getting aid from overseas. The liberal soul shall be made fat, King James said. The liberal soul, the one who gives, shall be made fat. You'll be fat. No, not the negative fatness, but this one, your bones, fat. I'm talking, I'm talking about fat, so long as prosperity is concerned. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Bible says the general soul shall be made fat. Giving is a privilege, not receiving. I said, giving is a privilege. So don't let people who receive from you feel, feel that you are even doing them a favor. You are lucky I'm giving it to you. The devil is a liar. Giving, you should feel that you are fortunate to be in a position to be able to give. And so when you are giving to somebody, it's like you are begging them to receive it because you just want to be, have the opportunity to, to be a blessing to someone. That is the kind of Abrahamic blessing we are talking about. Shout yes! Yes! Oh, I can't wait. I'll, I'll get there. Watch me. I will do it. Yeah. Bible says, the generous soul shall be made fat. We didn't read the next one. And he said, and he who waters shall be watered himself. Do you see that? Proverbs eleven twenty-five. Thank you, Jesus. He who waters will was what? I've explained this before. Let me do this quickly. Can you come back, please? He said, he who waters. So stop watering. <laughs> so once you discover the secret, you keep watering. So you don't stop. So that your supplies don't also stop. Because he who waters shall be watered himself. You can't prosper from God without his word. If your prosperity is going to come from God, then his word must be in place in your life. Someone, someone, someone. I like this one. It's coming. The thing is coming. Yes! Hallelujah! Oh, I love the word. Someone, verse one, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, uh, walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Verse two, but his delight is in the law. Say the law of the Lord. Say the law of the Lord. Now, the law of the Lord is another way, okay? It's a phrase that is, uh, uh, it's also a metaphoric way of saying God's word, okay? Sometimes when you read the Bible, you come across the law of the word, Lord. He's talking about God's word, okay? So, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. What happens to such a person? Verse 3, he shall be like a a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he... Whatever, say whatever. Whatever. Say whatever. 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 It's not job dependent. (laughs) 
prosperity is not job-based or job-dependent or location, whether you're in America or you are in Peckham or you are in um, Scotland or you are in China or you are in Nigeria or you are in Zambia. doesn't matter where you are as long as you apply the principles, you will see the prosperity of the Lord because he says his, his leaves that do not wither. Can you imagine? His leaves do not wither. And he says, whatever he does, whatever he does shall prosper. Your hand touches. Why? Because the law of, your, of the Lord is your delight. And you meditate upon it day and night. You see what I'm saying? So before you say, God, why, why is the God of prospering me? I've tried, I've tried. Check. If you have a delight in his word and you've been meditating on his word. This book of the law, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it day and night and observe to do all that is written therein. He said, and then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have a good success. You shall have good success. You shall make your way prosperous. How do you do that? By observing to do what is written in God's word and keeping it in your mouth. Your mouth. The word must be in your mouth. If I were you, I would come up with a nice lipstick, wet lipstick. Wet lipstick. Anyone who sees it's just the word, the word of God is the Bible. Bible. He said, the word shall not depart out of your mouth. In other words, you must speak it because he is the high priest of our confession. You can't prosper without confessing prosperity. Based on God's word. You can't be speaking poor, 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 and 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 expect things to prosper. No. Hallelujah. You will prosper. You will prosper. As you apply your hearts to these, these principles, may your heavens remain open for kingdom prosperity. So shall it be. Begin to lift up your hands. Just pray shortly. Pray that God give me grace. God, give me grace to apply your word. Give me grace to walk in love. Give me grace to walk in faith. Give me grace to practice the covenant. Give me grace, O Lord, to be generous. Give me grace to take your word, take you at your word. Give me grace to walk with you based on your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the grace, for the grace of prosperity. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the grace of giving. Thank you. Father, we thank you for the privilege to hear your word. We thank you for what you're about to do in our lives. Thank you for what you have started and thank you for what you have purpose to continue and to finish. Thank you that you, we are becoming prosperous and we will continue to be prosperous till we become very prosperous because of your blessing. Thank you in Jesus' name. And all shall say, Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show, and the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.